0: 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. You know, the most common phrase the next few days, maybe weeks, will be Happy New Year. We'll hear it over and over and over again. And I suspect that's what all of us desire. That's certainly what I wish for each and every one of you. But this morning, I want to do something better than just merely wish you a happy new year. I'm going to tell you how you can actually have a happy new year. And the answer is found right here in our text this morning. And you'll notice there are two things necessary for that to happen, and that's wisdom and faith. Wisdom defines what we should do, and faith depends upon what God can do, and we need both. There are some things that God expects us to do, in other words, things that He will not do for us, and then there are things that only God can do. And if we're going to have a good and a happy new year, we need those two things. We need true wisdom and trust in God, and that's what we're going to look at this morning. But I want you to notice two key words that's found in this text, and that's the word good and the word happy. And whenever you put those two together, you you get something that's wonderful. And, uh, you know, we, we talk about wanting to have a happy new year. We want things to be good instead of bad. And for those who find good, that's what the phrase says, they shall find good, they ought to be happy. The Hebrew word that's translated good here speaks about our welfare, or our prosperity, or our benefit. It literally means something that is pleasant, something agreeable, or, or something, you know, that's beneficial to us. It's translated in the Bible best eight times, and it's translated by the word precious four times. So we could say it is that which makes us Happy. So he's talking about finding good, and also at the same time, that good that we receive is something making us happy. So I want to speak to you today about those two words. And the title of the message actually, well, it could be How to Have a Happy New Year. But I'm going to use the title this morning, Good and Happy. Now, I need to explain that. By that, I do not mean that you are good and that you're happy. Now, that'd be wonderful if it could be said of all of us that we are good and that we're happy, Uh, but that's not what I'm talking about this morning. Nor do I mean good and happy as if to say you are truly or you're really happy. Now, Now, folks from Missouri would understand exactly what I'm talking about, you know, because... We use that word good a lot in reference to, we say, well, you know, I'm good and full after a meal, or I'm good in this, or I, I'm, I, I'm fixing to get good and mad, you know. And uh, so we use that phrase. But that, that's not what I'm talking about, as though to say that you are really happy. That, that's not it. By this, I mean your experience. Good, the experience that you have, and also notice this experience come by walking wisely, and how do we do that? By trusting God. So, I'm convinced this morning if we truly realize just how much God wants to bless us, we would be glad to do His will. We would be glad to cooperate with His program. And so let's consider this morning how we can have a happy new year or that we can be good and happy. Notice the two essentials. First of all, true wisdom. And I've inserted that word true because there is a worldly wisdom that the Bible speaks about. It's the wisdom of this world, the wisdom below. And as Paul says in 1 Corinthians 3.19, the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. So that's not the kind of wisdom that we need. We need the kind that James spoke about in James chapter number 3, the wisdom that is from above. And there's good reason why we need that wisdom. Although we can't see the future, we can all expect difficulties of some sort. I'm certain that many of you, as you think about the new year, you do so with the hope that the coming year will be better than last year in the sense that, well, maybe you'll have more money, maybe you'll have less health problems, or whatever it might be. But we all have those desires in our heart. And, uh, whatever it is that you're longing for, you can, you can rest assured that in the coming year, There are going to be difficulties. It's going to be a land of hills and valleys. There's going to be sweet and sour and good and bad. It's not all going to be pleasant. Some of it's going to be painful. And I say that not only based upon what we've already experienced in all of the years earlier, but based upon what the Bible says, Man that's born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. So there's no way out of it. And if there's no way out of it, we need to figure out how we're going to get through it and get through it with the right attitude. So that's what we're talking about this morning. The problem is we don't always handle our problems wisely. Notice what he says, He that handleth a matter, whatever the matter might be, he that handleth a matter wisely shall... Find good, in other words, the experience shall be something that is beneficial, something that is pleasant, something that is even precious. As a result of not handling matters wisely, we end up getting hurt and we end up hurting a lot of people. If we have wisdom, what happens? We find good. If we don't, we experience the bad. Every time I think of this, I can't do so without thinking about Joseph. Here is a young man that seemingly had everything against him. Not at just one time in his life, but over and over. He's hated by his brothers. He's sold into slavery. He's falsely accused. He's imprisoned. He is forgotten, and everything is going against him. And yet, in spite of all of that, because of his wisdom and devotion to God, we see that it saved him from sin. It took him from the pit. To the throne. And as a result of his wise administration, it brought good to an entire nation, not just him personally, but the entire nation profited as a result of one man who was willing to walk wisely. And eventually, because of that wisdom, it led to the reunion with his family. What a day that must have been when finally, at long last, he gets to return and see his daddy actually brought dad and and the whole family back. All of that happened because of wisdom. Now, your experience might not be as extreme as his. It might be something that is entirely different. It might be domestic in nature. It it might you know have to do with your finances. It can have to do with your vocation or any number of things. But nevertheless, whatever it is You can expect to experience good by what? By handling the matter wisely. Whatever the matter is, there is a right way to handle it. As I look back over the years, and I've thought about this this morning, preparing for the message, and thought about the different situations I've been in, and I confess I've not always handled things in the right way, I mean, whenever you tell a church member you do that another time, I'm going to stomp you through the floor. That's not the way to handle things, you know. But I was guilty of doing that. So I've made some big mistakes in my lifetime and still make mistakes. But it would be wonderful if we could look back and, and, and in those bad times and when the pressure is on and we act out of character, you know, we're not ourselves. This is not what we normally would do. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we handle all of those matters wisely? I've seen churches literally torn apart as a result of a, of a preacher, a pastor not handling things wisely. Sometimes it's not the pastor, sometimes it's the deacon, sometimes it's not the deacon, it, it's somebody else in the church. It, it, it can be anyone, but the entire church can be destroyed simply because we don't handle matters wisely. There's a right way and a wrong way. And listen, if you want to experience good in this coming year, you need wisdom in order to handle the matters wisely well what what's the wisest thing that we can do what is the best thing that we can do how is it that we can handle these matters whatever they are well let me give you the very best thing the top of the list and that is trust god that's the best way to handle matters wisely you know, so many times we think about handling matters wisely and, and, and we've got 41 different things on our list that we think that we ought to do when the real solution is so simplistic that we stumble over it and that is to simply trust God. And, and notice what he says here. He that handlet the matter wisely, he's going to find good and naturally if we don't, we won't. But notice the very next statement, and whoso. Does that make a difference who it is? Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Well, I don't know of anyone that doesn't want to be happy. I know a lot of unhappy people, but I don't know anyone that doesn't want to be happy. Everyone hungers for happiness, and that's fine because being happy is, well, it's better than being Beautiful. It's better than being strong. It's better than being rich. It's better than being famous. It's a lot better than living the lifestyle of the rich and famous, you know, and winning the applause of the world and having your name plastered on the headlines of the newspapers and all of those things. You see, you can be happy without any of those things. The problem with most folks is they do not realize where true happiness is to be found, and it's so sad to see people so sad. It doesn't have to be that way. The Bible is telling us that we can we can find happiness. I think the problem is, some way or another, a lot of folks have developed this attitude that God is a cosmic killjoy. That He doesn't want us to have any fun. You know, that if we're going to be Christians, if we're going to follow God, if we're going to be dedicated to the Lord, you know, that we've got to live so near to perfection that we torment ourselves. And it's not that way at all. All the while that we ought to strive for perfection, there is a satisfaction and there is a peace and there is a joy that cannot be found anywhere else and the reason people feel so hopeless concerning the matter of happiness is that Christ is not at the center of their life that look it's not your wife's fault it's not your husband's fault it's not the fault of your parents or your children and we need to we need to stop blaming everybody else for our problems and coming up with excuses. Well, you know, I would be happy, you know, if it wasn't for this and if it wasn't for that. No, you'd be happy if you put Christ first in your life. There's no way around it. We appropriate what He provides by what? By faith. Whoso trusteth in the Lord. Now, God has all of this available for us. God wants us to experience the very best. In fact, He says, I withhold no good from those that walk uprightly. God wants His children to be happy, but He wants them to find their happiness in Him. You're not going to find it in the world, I can guarantee you that. I think about Elvis Presley and John Bellucci and Janis Joplin and all of these movie stars that seemingly, according to the world, had it all, and every single one of them were miserable, you see. So none of those things can bring happiness. Happiness is found only in the Lord Jesus Christ. So God is offering us happiness, but the happiness is in Him, and to receive it, to appropriate it, we have to do so by faith. No, Notice He doesn't say, Whoso worketh for the Lord, happy is he. Although I think we ought to enjoy our work for the Lord, but that's not what it says. It doesn't say, "...and whoso singeth about the Lord, happy is he." And I believe we ought to be happy when we sing. It doesn't say, "...and whoso giveth to the Lord, happy is he." No. It says, "...whoso trusteth in the Lord." Now, go back to wisdom for just a moment. And uh, and when you think about true wisdom which goes beyond human reasoning, beyond planning, beyond what man is able to do, it knows that man is limited and that he is weak and that he is dependent upon God. Look, if you're here today and you don't realize that, it's because you're lacking wisdom. Wisdom will teach you that you're limited, you're weak, you're dependent upon God. You, you, you can't take another breath of air without God's assistance. So we're totally dependent upon God. So real wisdom is what? It's relying upon God instead of self. And it knows that the only way to please God is what? By faith. Hebrews eleven six. "...for without faith it is impossible to please God." So wisdom teaches us that if we want to experience good in life, and if we want to enjoy the happiness that God intends for us, that the only path that leads there is the path of faith. And when we trust God, we know and we believe with all of our heart that when God is pleased, what happens? All things work together For good to those who love the Lord or are called according to His purpose. Isn't that a wonderful thought? I I mean, to think that God's going to take all of the bad stuff and all of the good stuff and He's going to put it all together and use it to work some good. Now, Now, notice, and sometimes we misquote that. People say, Well, all things work together for good to you if you love the Lord. But that's not what it says. It says, All things work together for good concerning those that love the lord who the called according to his purpose you see the good might not be what you as a person experience just personally it might be something some good that is accomplished through your experience that is helpful to somebody else and let me tell you right now if all you're concerned about is experiencing the good for yourself and there's no no concern whatsoever about other people and how you affect other people, you'll never be happy. You're going to be miserable for the rest of your life. And so there are times that we go through what we call bad things, painful things, difficult things, things that we don't understand and things that we can't explain and things that we would never, ever choose for ourselves And yet God forces us to face those things because He wants to use our experience for some good for somebody else or whoever, you see. So when we understand that and realize that God's going to put all of the experiences of life together like ingredients in a cake, and he's going to mix it up according to the portion that he chooses, and he's going to time everything according to his plan, that eventually God is going to make something good out of this. How can we not be happy? How can we not be happy when we know that God always has our best interests at heart? And so, if we're going to experience this happiness of the new year and every other year, we need to put our faith in the Lord. And, and when we do that, we can rejoice for several reasons. First of all, our sins have been forgiven. My, how, how can we not be happy about that? I mean, if God never did anything else but forgive us of our sins... That ought to be enough to make us happy. If God said, I'm going to forgive you of all of your sins, but you're going to have a heart attack at 8 o'clock in the morning, it'd be worth it. If God said, I'm going to forgive you of all of your sins, but you're going to be bankrupt at 8 o'clock in the morning, it'd be worth it. You see, how can we not rejoice knowing that God has forgiven us of all of our sins? But not only has He forgiven us of all of our sins, but because He changes our life. Now, we're far from perfect, but if you've been born again, you're not the same person that you used to be. There is a new you, amen, amen. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. It, it, you know, it would have been wonderful if God said, look, I'm going to forgive you of your sins. I'm going to just blot out the record that is against you, but you're going to have to, you're going to, have to keep living the miserable lifestyle that you've been living all of these years. That, that'd be a bit like torment, wouldn't it? I'm glad that God not only saves us from the penalty of sin, He gives us victory over the power of sin. And that's something to be happy about. And then there's a sense of purpose. Just knowing that we are on this earth for a reason, that God has a purpose for us. So many people are miserable because they have no idea where they came from, why they're here, or where they're going I mean, they're just existing. That's all they're doing. No sense of purpose whatsoever. And how sad it is to think about for them life is nothing more than getting up in the morning and feeding your face and going to work and getting exhausted and coming home and going to bed and resting up and going through the same routine the next day. My land, who, who wants to live like that? I'm glad that God gives us a sense of purpose in this life. Not, not, just, not just a purpose that, you know, that will entertain us like a hobby. I'm talking about a purpose that is, that is the result of His divine plan for us. God has a plan for each and every person, and you'll never be happy until you discover the will of God and do it realize what God's plan is for you. And the list goes on and on. How about a home in heaven? Should we not be happy about that? Knowing that God has prepared a place for us. Yeah, but you say life is so tough. Yes, it is. And I've got good news or something else to be happy about. We can be happy that the Holy Spirit is our helper till we get home. You see, how can we not be happy knowing who we are and what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ? And so as we look at our text, we begin to realize that regardless of our situation, regardless of the circumstances, we can be happy so long, and this is the condition right here, so long as we trust in God. So there is a sense in which your happiness depends on you. Somebody said, oh, I'd be happy, you know, and here they've got that long list again. If all of these things would fall into place, if everybody else would cooperate, if I could just get what I want, you know, if I could do what I want, then I'd be happy. No, happiness is a choice. But listen carefully. It's not a choice to be happy. Somebody says, well, you know, I've just decided and I've chosen to be happy. Well, good for you, but I've got news for you. That's not going to be enough. You can make all the New Year resolutions that you want, and you can say, well, I choose to be happy. You know, in the first place, that's probably a pretty good indication that you're not going to be if you don't understand that happiness is not just based upon a choice or a, or a resolution to be happy, if you don't understand that it takes more than that, you're not going to find happiness because you never find happiness by looking for it. You said, well, don't you think we ought to try to be happy? No, I don't. You said, well, don't you think we should want to be happy? Yes, I do. We should want to be happy, but we've got to stop trying to be happy. Happiness comes as a result of us fulfilling God's plan for our life. Holiness comes before happiness. And whenever we are pursuing holiness, that is, when we have dedicated ourselves to pleasing God, when we make that the main thing in our life, when that becomes your primary interest, you won't have to look for happiness because happiness is going to find you. And you'll just all of a sudden realize one day, I'm happy. You're happy as a result of a choice you made, but the choice was not a choice to be happy. The choice was what? The choice was to trust God. The songwriter had it right when he said, Trust and obey for there's no other way. Trust in God brings happiness. Why? Because it pleases God. And if you're a Christian, if you're a child of God, you can't be pleased if God's not pleased. It's that simple. Don't, listen, don't ever underestimate the power of faith in God. Somebody says, oh, I've got a lot of faith, you know. And, uh, you know, it's a wonderful thing to have faith. And by that, they mean I've got a really positive attitude. You know, I've just always believed that everything's going to work out, everything will be okay. Well, let me tell you, that's not always going to work. You know, say, well, if I keep my chin up and a stiff upper lip, you know, and scotch my feet and square my shoulders and set my jaw and uh, whatever the world dishes out, you know, when the going gets tough, the tough gets going and all of that stuff, you know, and I'm going to make it through. No, you won't because sooner or later there's going to be something that puts you flat of your back and the only thing that will sustain you, the only thing that will help you, the only thing that will deliver you, the only thing that ultimately will please you and make you happy is for your life to please God and that all depends on your faith in God. Just simply trusting Him. God demands our trust. There's no doubt about that. He demands it. If we're not trusting God, then we're disobeying God. God demands that the just shall live by faith. But not God not only demands it, God desires it. That's what He wants for us because He knows that's what is best for us. He demands it. He desires it. But listen, God deserves it. The greatest insult in the world to God is for us to say, I don't trust you. And that's exactly what every person is doing when they reject Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're looking up into the face of Almighty God who created the entire universe. The Almighty God who condescended from heaven down to this sin-cursed earth in the form of a man and allowed himself to be nailed to the cross, who rose up from the grave and ascended back into heaven. And they're saying to a God like that, I don't trust you. What an insult that is to God. To think that we don't trust Him enough to obey Him and to follow Him. You see, faith in God brings Him honor. And that's what we ought to be living for, to honor God. It brings Him honor, but it brings us happiness. Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is He. Some of you here this morning, you need to take a good, honest look at your life and ask yourself if you're really happy. You know, it's just like when Nehemiah said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And that's why I often say, if you've lost the joy of your salvation, you are a weak Christian and you're in danger. You're in danger. I mean, without the strength of the Lord, you're going to fail. You're going to cave into temptation. You're going to do something that you shouldn't do. You're in danger if you lose your joy. But listen, that joy in the Lord is dependent upon our faith in God, our willingness to trust God in spite of all of the circumstances. And as I said, don't you ever underestimate the power of faith in God. So many times people, you know, they want, want to talk about their problems, you know, oh, we've got these marital problems or we've got this problem or that problem and, and uh, we need some counseling. You know, usually the best counseling you can give somebody is put your faith in God. And and you say, well, yeah, but I I I think we need some classes. I think we need need some research and we need to study and counseling and all this. And I'm not saying there's never a place for that, but I'm telling you all of that, all of that you could be exposed to will never be enough if you don't get to the point that you're willing to trust God. Whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. If you're not happy... And if you've lost your joy, that's an indictment against you. That, that's telling you there's something drastically wrong in your life. And it might be a faith failure. Well, it is a failure in your faith. Because if we're trusting in the Lord, what? He, he says, happy is the person whose trust is in the Lord. Do you want this to be a happy new year? If you're here this morning and you've never, you've never been saved, I'm telling you right now, regardless of what happens, now there'll be some moments in the coming year that'll make you giddy and exciting. You know, you you'll get a raise or whatever it is, and boy, you'll be seemingly happy for a few minutes or for a few days, but that'll all come to an end. It'll crash and burn. It'll never last. You'll never know what real true happiness is, so you... Decide to trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And even after you've been saved, you're never really going to be happy. This is not going to be a good and happy new year for you unless you're willing to trust God regardless of what the circumstances are. And if you don't believe this works, when you get home, sit down with your Bible and read Hebrews chapter 11. And all through that chapter, we see the heroes of faith, men and women who lived by faith. And as a result of that, they conquered all of their circumstances. You see, the faith, it's not faith in faith, it's faith in God. It's the object of our faith. And so when we put our trust in God... We are depending upon the one who cannot fail. Somebody says, well, I'd sure like to have my sins forgiven. I wish I knew I could go to heaven when I die. Well, you can, but you'll you'll never have that assurance as long as you're trying to work for it or earn it in some way. You've got to get to the place that you're like a little child just... Depending upon God to save your heart, and when you get to that place where you're willing to trust Him, even for things you don 't understand, I was praying the other night, and I was as I so often do, thank God for the gift of life and for the gifts of life, and then for the giver of life and 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 just in my prayer, it just the words just came out, and Lord, even though I do not even begin to understand this. This whole plan of redemption, it is so mysterious and so deep and so far beyond what you and I are able to comprehend. I don't understand it, Lord, but I trust You. I believe Your Word, and I'm depending upon You to do what You promised. And You can leave here today knowing beyond any shadow of a doubt that You'd go to heaven if You died, if, if you put your trust in the Lord. And Christian, listen, if you're here today and you've lost your joy and you don't have that happiness that the Bible speaks so much about, if, look, if you don't, you can recover that by building up your faith in the Lord and by trusting Him, you can have the happiness that God has promised right here. Whoso trusteth in the Lord... Happy is He. And so God's made that available for you. And now it's your choice. It's your choice. You can trust Him or you can keep trying to find it without Him, which will never work. So what what will you decide this morning? Will you trust Him? Will you walk in wisdom regardless of what matter comes up before you in this new year, regardless of what the circumstances are, you determine, I'm going to walk wisely, knowing the wisest thing I can do, the smartest thing I can do, is just put it in God's hands and trust Him to work it out. Because He never fails. Let's stand together. Father, I pray this morning that You'll take the words of our text here, that You'll just imprint them upon our heart and in our mind, and help us, Heavenly Father, each and every day of our lives to think about these things because we know that every one of us will come up against problems and find ourselves in situations where if we're not careful, we'll handle the things in the wrong way and, and do a lot of harm and damage. So help us to walk wisely and help us to never, ever forget that the wisest thing that we can do is to just simply trust You. And, Lord, this morning I pray that the Holy Spirit might do His work in the hearts of people and those that are not saved, that they will be. And for those that have been born again, they've strayed away and lost the joy of their salvation. Lord, this morning that they might be revived, that the flame might be rekindled in their heart, And they might leave here with joy bells ringing in their soul. For we pray it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.